I am very much, you know, a, a go-getter, you know, hustler. Like, I love work. I love, actually, this isn't even work to me, right? This is my passion. Um, this is, you know, something I just really love to do. And I can, you can catch me doing this for all hours of the day, you know, into the night, if, if you, you know, let me fly off with it, right? Um, but, yeah, I got to just take a step back and just remind myself that there's more to this, you know? What's going on, y'all? You have just tuned in to the Black Shutter Podcast. On this show, I invite black photographers, filmmakers, editors, and creative business folks to discuss their experiences and share their wisdom. You will hear about their work, their challenges, and their inspirations. My name is Idris Talib Solomon, a creative director, photographer, and filmmaker based in Brooklyn, New York. So if you dig photography and you love the culture, keep your mind open and your headphones locked. This is the Black Shutter Podcast. There are many different levels to this photography industry. In the beginning, many of us struggle to get our first camera. Then we may struggle to find work. We dream of working with celebrities and our favorite brands. Then we wake up to a different reality. We dream of hopping on and off different flights, bouncing from one city to the next, first class, living a life. But then we ask ourselves how. How can I manifest this beautiful dream? Our guest in this episode has been able to manifest several aspects of this dream. This is only the beginning of a reality. And while this dream is great for many reasons, it also takes a toll. The body constantly shifts between time zones. Flights are long. Turbulence is still uncomfortable. We miss our family, friends, and sometimes the important events that happen in their lives. But for her, it's all worth it to feel that sense of empowerment of walking onto set as a black woman hired to get the job done. Her client list includes HBO, Nike, Playboy, Microsoft, Adidas, and Beats by Dre. Sage East, welcome to the Black Shutter Podcast. How you feeling out there, sis? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good. How you feeling? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, um, you know, we just had like you and I just had like a brief, uh, you know, check in before we hit record, and we were both sort of talking about, uh, you know, being busy, kind of running around and and being busy, and we had yeah. to remember, remind ourselves that. Uh, we're in a good state of busy right now because there was a point in our lives when we weren't busy and there's a point where we could easily be not busy again right so we had to kind of like give give thanks for being busy right now right exactly putting it out there into the universe indeed 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 so sage uh tell us where you're calling from well i'm currently calling from queens new york you know i'm born and raised out here um not in queens specifically but i you know was raised out on Long Island. Okay. Uh, and I've been out here in Queens for like the past two years now. Nice, nice. So you're 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 native New Yorker. Oh yeah, yeah. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful. I'm pretty much from New York, so, so you know, I was doing a little bit of uh, research on you, and I, I think somewhere it said you were bi-coastal or you were in um, yes. your base in LA as well. Is that is that yes. true? Yes, yes, that's very true. So I actually just made that, um, I guess, official. <laughs> title um legitimate just three weeks ago to LA and even just prior to that move um I was you know going back and forth and you know living with family out there whenever I needed to 
you know, handling these shoots out in L.A. Um, but, yeah, now I am officially in New York and L.A. Oh, so that's OK. That's 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 great, because it sounds like you're, you're in L.A. specifically for work when it when it happens. Yeah. Right. So yes. I'm pretty much anywhere, though, too. Like I can be, you know, um, obviously just with the line of work, like I'm always traveling. Mm-hmm. Um New York is where I was primarily, and then I would travel out to L.A. Um, uh, for, you know, any shoots. And now, as of today, what's today? Uh, the uh, 18th. 18th. And three weeks ago, my primary base is still L.A. now. Um, so it's L.A., and now New York is going to be moving forward. Um, me coming out here for work now. Wow. Okay. So that's great. And this is a topic that I really want to dig into a little bit because I feel like, you know, just now I opened up the conversation talking about at one point we, we weren't busy with, with, with work. Right. And now we are busy with work. Um, but you're also at a point where you, you have enough work where you can actually be based in two locations, right. Based, based on where the work is now, a lot of up and coming photographers, see this type of lifestyle and i know that it there's like uh uh, it could be glorified in some ways right but i know that for a lot of people who travel a lot for work there is a toll as well right so i wonder if you can speak to the the dynamics of being bi-coastal yeah absolutely good question so yeah i mean i admit like when i first started traveling for work i'm like oh this is this is lit. This is, you know, this feels good. Um, I feel like I'm getting things done. I feel productive. I'm making moves. And, you know, nowadays it's because of me shooting so often, you know, different cities, not even just, you know, LA, but like in Portland and, um, uh, Seattle or, you know, just kind of Florida all over pretty much. Um, I'm on a lot of flights and mm-hmm. these are long flights, six hours, you know, five, four, whatever. Different time um, zones. Different time zones. I am jet lagged right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I've been in New York uh, for the past week, uh, LA prior to that um, for a week. And then I was in San Francisco for a week prior to that. And next week I'm going to LA again, mm-hmm. back, back home out there. So, um, Recently, it's it's been it's been a lot just because of the um, the jet lag now, and you know, of course, you know, I would love to get you know my first class seats each time, but that doesn't always happen, <laughs> um, and so sometimes it gets like a little bit, you know, not as glorified as you may think. Um, you know, once once I'm on this plane, you know, experiencing the turbulence and some flight delays and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I kind of just want to just be there already, you know, in a blink of an eye. Like, I don't want to go through all the other stuff. Um, and then sometimes it kind of, you know, with all this traveling, like, it, it could mess with my creative mind at mm. times. Like, I can't really, you know, focus on everything, you know. So I really have to take a step back and rest during the times where I, you know, had that available to me um, and just kind of, Start from there, restart everything, you know. Um, but yeah. So that's it's great to hear you mention rest, right? Because as a freelancer, as a contractor, right? Like uh, 
a lot of us have this 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 uh this drive to kind of like get right. all the work that's coming because you never know when it's going to stop right. right like yeah like what are your experiences with that and how do you like it's great that you're able to travel and you're traveling for work and you're seeing different cities right for for a good amount of time like a week or so at mm-hmm. a time right so you're probably developing your own favorite restaurants and your favorite places to go right in those areas but um right. Can you talk about the the uh, what is it the the toll it takes on you, um, you know, doing all of that travel and and how like how do you work in rest without the fear right. of you know losing jobs? Right, right. So I mean, that's tough for me. Like just you know, over the past couple of years, you know, me and my partner, like they're constantly reminding me um, whenever I am you know, complaining like, oh, things are too slow. Like, oh, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, They constantly remind me to just focus on other things. So like personal projects, for Mm -hmm. example, Um, spending more time with, you know, um, my family or friends or actually, most importantly, just self-care. Like just doing stuff for me outside of photography, actually. You know, even if it's, just pampering myself um and that's key so that's kind of what i try to focus more on each time you know i'm getting better at it i'm not you know perfect i'm not there yet um i still you know struggle with that actually um but during those moments where i feel like um things are you know going too slow i try not to even say it i don't want to put it out there like oh um where's the project you know mm-hmm. I try not to even say I just keep it in my head and you know I'm aware of what's happening and I just continue doing me doing whatever I can working on things that I haven't finished you know whether that's with myself or you know connecting with other family members friends and so be it and then when it gets too busy again I'm mm-hmm. also familiar for saying oh I wish I just can time out <laughs> I can time out how I want these projects to come in, so I, I know when my rest is going to come, right? But I don't get that. I don't. I don't normally have that flexibility, actually, just because. Well, I do actually, right? Because I'm a freelancer, I can control any part of my my business. But um, a lot of the times, when it's too busy, I just you know push through and. Um, it could take a toll on my body where I am not getting enough sleep, but, you know, I try to, you know, just eat healthy at least, um, you know, and just try to push through. Like, it's it's not it's not like the, the best way that, that I go about it. I'm going to be, you know, honest on this podcast and, you know, just be transparent. Like me, my work ethic, I am very much, you know, a, a go-getter, you know, a hustler. Like, I love work. I love Actually, this doesn't even work to me, right? This is my passion. Um, this is, you know, something I just really love to do. And I can, you can catch me doing this for all hours of the day, you know, into the night if, if you, you know, let me fly off with it, right? Um, but yeah, I got to just take a step back and just remind myself that there's more to this, you know? Absolutely. Um, thank you for being honest. Thank you for sharing right. that. You know, um, that's something that has been a struggle for me as well is... Uh, you know, learning when to turn it off and and, and right. take a step back and self care and all that. I mean, self care that that term has been 
really bubbling up a lot in the last two years, I would say. You know, right. and, and everybody's starting to realize, like, yo, that, that shit is important. Like, it's not even that yep. it's important. It's necessary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yep. And, you know, for me, I used to, you know, so now my, my son, he's eight years old, and he's recently taken up skateboarding. And the first few times I would take him to the skate park, I would, you know, I would take pictures of him with my phone. And then one day I was like, let me just, like, I have all this gear. Let me just bring my, my, my camera. And then I started taking, like, official pictures of him, learning, mm-hmm. you know, learning how to skateboard. And it's, it's not a, it's not a, um, a project. It's not a, uh, you know, I'm not being commissioned for it. It's just, like, me taking pictures of my son, right? And then I realized, like, I was developing, like, now every time I take him out, I bring my camera. And I realized, like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm developing a more, your innocent love for the craft again, like that, like does not ha- does it have anything to do with being paid, you know? And I feel like now just that little step has me seeing photography differently. I'm having more fun. I'm experimenting. I'm taking out one lens, like a prime lens, and I'm just using that one for the whole the whole time I'm with them, just to kind of like remember what it feels like to photograph, just for the love of photographing, you know? Right. And I and that's that's important. You know? Yes, definitely. Completely agree with that. You know, in the beginning of my um, career, I used to, you know, shoot a lot of like just street photography, people, you know, walking on the street, um, you know, my friends and everything. And now it's kind of shifted to like uh, personal projects where it's like in studio or um, uh, just client project work or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, So, yeah, even over the past couple of years, it's trying to like just take pictures of anything you see that's, you know, beautiful out there. Like whether that's, you know, your, your, your kid, you know, your family just mingling at a barbecue or whatever. Um, uh, cool buildings, nice sunsets. Uh, that's something that I've been also trying to, you know, remember to do as well. You know, um, and that's, that's cool. It's, I think there's, you have to, you have to uh, photograph things that are interesting to you. And if you find right. it interesting, then other people find it interesting. But if you're doing something just because you feel like this is what I need to do in order to get right. views or likes or whatever, then it's gonna fall flat. It's, and right. you're not, you're not, because you're not gonna stay with it if it's not mo- moving you. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. And, you exactly. Know, and uh, looking at your work, you know, holistically, it is very hard for me to tell what is a personal project versus what is your commercial <laughs> work and i think that's really really dope wow that's that's a huge compliment yeah like that's something like, i've been working towards you know very heavily heavily since you know the beginning of my um career so thank you <laughs> yeah for, i mean for sure i think that's that's a it's an art in doing that right and i think that you know i can look at your i look at your um your commercial work Right. And it's obvious like it's, it's Nike. You have right. you have stuff with Nike, Microsoft, Timberland. You got big names in there. You got and you got big celebrities in there as well. So that's mm-hmm. sort of obvious. Right. That these, these might have been commissioned projects. Um, right. But what I think is really dope. And I think a lot of us aspire to, to get to that point is is when we are hired based on our personal work where somebody goes and sees like a photo you took of like your family, like your grandmother or your auntie or something like that, right? And then like, oh, I love those 
Thanksgiving portrait you did, like, can you do something like that for us, for, for Apple or for Microsoft yeah. or for whatever? And you're like, wow, that's cool. I was just taking cool, I, like, it. I was just taking cool pictures of my family, and now people want to pay me to take similar pictures for their brand, right? right. At exactly. a pre- at a premium price, right? Yeah. That's where we want that. Like, that's great that you you're able to be at that level. You know, at least yeah. that's what it seems like from looking at this body of work. Thank you, thank you. You know, it's been a long time coming. My work has evolved, you know, and changed so much, um, especially over the last few years, and. it's funny like I've noticed um that even like throughout the seasons you know um like I lean towards certain types of colors but um more so like recently over the past year and a half I've been really leaning towards like just warm tones and going more a little bit more moodier with my stuff Mm -hmm. um kind of finding that balance especially when it comes to commercial too yeah but um, yeah, that's that's great to hear. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I know that we kind of jumped right in um, into like the middle of, of, of like your journey. Right. So yeah. for folks listening, um, you know, Sage is uh, from what I see, you know, has a lot of fashion work, some sports work, some portraits, some commercial work, some lifestyle like and it all it all blends together seamlessly. You know what I mean? I think that's a real a real art to be able to do that. Um, but, you know, Sage, tell us, like, um, what was, you know, life like for you growing up in your family? Like, how how was, you know, how was the arts viewed by your family? Ah, okay. So, again, I'm going to keep willing, you know, be honest on this podcast. Um, growing up, um, I wanted to go into the medical field. You know, my, my oldest brother wanted to be a doctor. Um, he is a doctor now. Uh, you know, my, my parents wanted me to be in the medical field and, you know, really pursue that. And, you know, I went to, you know, high school, went to college, majored um, in the health sciences. Um, and it actually wasn't until I graduated. Uh, and m- let me let me back up, actually. Maybe I'd say six years before I graduated from college was when I first picked up the camera just for fun. Right. And I was photographing my uh, twin brother at the time who was into modeling and he was just, you know, trying to make a name for himself. And I was helping him uh, just, you know, get some good pictures because I was just really heavily invested into him and other people in general <clears throat> and not even so much myself, actually. Uh, so I was trying to help him kind of build this stage for him and just person uh and then eventually like you know it it didn't last too much uh longer for him and i was kind of just left with my camera so i was branching out into shooting other people uh beautiful portraits you know lifestyle stuff just with my friends and this was going on throughout college and you know everybody started seeing it in me and they're like oh okay well i know you're supposed to be focusing on pa you know physician assistant um i don't really hear you speaking about it as much though you know <laughs> they, they see me you know more passionate and you know doing a whole bunch of shoots and you know my parents especially they don't they're they're like okay why aren't you focusing on your your classes though you know um biology anatomy physiology all that stuff and I was you know it's just it wasn't as much as I was dedicating to photography and so once I graduated from college you know, I got the degree you know that I that I wanted but I wasn't 
the, the passion was completely lost for, for PA school. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, just one day pulled my mom downstairs, you know, to the living room, <clears throat> sat her down. And, you know, I told her that I'm not interested in PA anymore. And I really want to see where photography takes me. And I knew that it was going to be a rocky conversation at first. And it was, you know, my mom didn't really understand photography. You know, she you know, obviously is very traditional. She just wants me to get a good paying job, a good paying career and all that stuff and just be set for life. Right. And so she couldn't see how photography could bring me income. And in my eyes at the time, I'm like, you know, okay, but do you believe in me? Do you believe in my my work ethic, at least? And ultimately, at the end of the conversation, she, she did. And she told me that, okay, if you're going to go for this field, don't beat around the bush with it. Don't tiptoe. Go full on, headstrong, run with it. And, you know, just, just keep moving forward. Make it count, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And... That was in, I'm trying to remember, that was in, I believe, the summer of, no, sorry, the fall or winter of 2018, and again, granted, before that, I was doing photography as a hobby, but from 2018 is when I was like, okay, I'm going to take it seriously, though, and see where this takes me um, as a career, and that's exactly just, you know, what I've been doing ever since. And, you know, since 2018, I, well, after having that conversation, I had a conversation with my, my cousin, uh, his name is Yassine. He was a photographer at the time and he kind of showed me the ropes, you know, taught me studio lighting, you know, specifically. And I, I already had like a pretty good understanding of natural lighting at the time, but he showed me the ropes of studio lighting and, you know, from there, we kind of just teamed up and just started doing shoots together. I started uh, to do a lot of outreach. And I knew that in the beginning that outreach was going to be key. And I saw it, the results. And I say this to everybody that I speak with today, like anybody that I work with or assistance or anybody that wants to shadow me. Like I mentioned outreach and just how important it is to network and put yourself out there. It was a uh, it was a a good amount of information in there, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but I think it's dope. And um, reason why I ask that question is always because not everybody has the same sort of upbringing and or comes from a family who um, either uh, is interested in the arts or respects the arts, right? Right. Um, so there's usually some sort of a roadblock. Or if it's not a roadblock, you get some support, right? So it's always interesting to hear people's differences in upbringing. Um, and I think one thing that you mentioned, which I think is a great strategy uh, for folks who need to get their parents or get, like, some support is, like, do you believe in me? Do you believe in my work ethic? That's a great question to ask. And I think also to parents, we have to ask them, do you believe in you in the way that you raised me? Right. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Do you trust how you raised me? Then if you trust how you raised me and you raised me with, you know, the proper mindset and, you know, the proper respect and all these types of things, then believe that I'm going to make this happen or I'm going to figure out something if it doesn't. 
Right. Right. So that's yeah. great. You know, um, but you know, that's okay. So you started out photographing your brother who was trying to kick off his modeling career. But what is your earliest memory of photography? Like what in you said, you know what, this little machine, I'm, I'm going to be able to pick up this machine and do something with it. Like, what is your earliest memory of, of photography or something being that something that you thought was interesting? Yeah, I mean, whew. so I mean, I remember when I first picked up the camera to photograph my twin and, you know, he was the first person that was and it was like an, an actual Nikon, you know, professional camera. And that was the first camera you picked up? Was like a... yeah, <laughs> yeah. But at the time, well, at the time though, that camera was actually my twin's best friend's camera, so it was like borrowed, you know. Wow. Um, but he let us borrow it to to shoot um, my brother, and I just remember, like, as I was shooting, like, oh wow, like, you know, these look really good, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And I started, you know, to flex around with the different angles and how I can, you know, just direct him and make him look better. And that's where, you know, the, the directing experience kind of came into play and just coming up with different poses for a male. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much, that's like the earliest memory I could think of. Um, he was, he was really just starting to build his portfolio at the time. So you know, he was getting like free clothes to 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 style and you know shoot with and test. Um, and we would just go out of our house in the front yard. <laughs> you know, some nice trees. You know, we was on Long Island, so we had you know some trees and a nice backyard or whatever to work with. And we, it would probably be like an hour, just kind of flexing and having fun and just you know getting some cool portraits body shots um and it was always like a cool you know, he was cool laid back you know just um being himself uh so yeah that's kind of what i remember from like the very beginning with him it's always interesting to go out with with without a have with a direction but without like an agenda right and kind of just experiment right. and and um just figure it out as you go right because right. Is he was trying? He was kicking off his 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 career, and you didn't even know subconsciously you were kicking off your career. You were just like, "All right, let's figure out how to make stuff cool, look good." You know what I mean? That's dope. Um, so, two thousand eight. This was fall two thousand eighteen, right? You're just messing yep. around with the camera, taking photos of your brother, but you had the conversation with your mother, and then you de- decided that I'm gonna go all in. You finally got your mother's blessing. She said, "If you're gonna do it, go do it." You got the blessing. Yep. What happens next for you? Oh, so once that happened, part of me kind of felt like, all right, I, I do got a you know point to prove now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't let nobody down. But I also, again, really wanted this for myself. And I was just having fun too, though, you know? And I started doing research on the different types of, uh, I guess, fields out there, you know, within the industry. So you got like the commercial in- industry, right? You got the the advertising space, uh, you got the uh, editorial space. And I knew I really loved photographing people. Like that was something I got really, really comfortable with. And all of those three industries pretty much, you know, have that aspect to it, right? You can photograph people in it, right? Um, 
I did weddings in like the very, very beginning, but that's not like my thing. I, you know, knew that I wanted to go into like commercial advertising um, and editorial. So I started doing, you know, research on like YouTube and um, just like on Google online, looking at different threads, um, using my cousin as a mentor for what he kind of went through and what he does. And I started doing more personal projects Mm -hmm. first. More personal projects that kind of still embodied my personal style and then also aligned with the companies next that I wanted, wanted to work with. So it became a bit more, you know, uh, not universal, but yeah, it, it became both a little bit more commercial now. Um, and then I started to do outreach. So one thing with outreach, again, I spoke on that previously. Um, I looked on YouTube on different ways I can, you know, get through to people. You know, a lot of people mentioned like LinkedIn, you know, emails, of course. Um, but I didn't really hear too much about Instagram. And at the time, I'm like, hmm. I mean, I know like Instagram could be like informal. Yes. But, you know, for thinking smarter, right, a lot of people are on Instagram just casually, casually like on their phones throughout the day. And, you know, there's other social media platforms like Twitter, you know, I didn't really dive too much into that. But Instagram is where I really, really pushed my outreach. And I would use LinkedIn to, you know, discover the people that works for the companies that I want to work with. You know, I would look for the marketing department and try to search for art directors, you know, creative directors, producers, senior project managers, uh, and anybody that's kind of close to those roles that can connect me with the people in those roles, you know? So I would either go from LinkedIn to email that was like half of it. And then LinkedIn to Instagram mm-hmm. and then email and then email, you know, cause I, I did always want to, you know, end in a professional manner, you know, so we would always end with email, but Instagram was just so that I can be seen so that my intro, my introduction, my work could be seen right off the bat. Yep. And I think that again, still to this day, like I do that, you know, pretty heavily, um, that has, gotten me 90 percent of the work that i have on my on my uh, portfolio so that's really interesting and i think that you know um you keep mentioning outreach specifically that word outreach and i think it's one of those parts of uh marketing that a lot of creatives not just photographers but a lot of creatives have uh, issues with because uh, sometimes it's hard for creatives to sell themselves, to sell the their attributes, and to justify why their work is valuable. You know what I mean? Uh, what were there any obstacles that you had to overcome when with learning how to do outreach for yourself? Yes, absolutely. Um, for one, just in the beginning, I needed to remember how to put, you know, articulate my words. 
uh, just slowing down and uh, just again reminding myself, you know, it's it's cool, it's okay, you know. They're just they're just trying to listen to my story. Um, they just want to hear what I have to say, what I want to do. How do we want to collaborate? You know, um, and so the outreach was just again, obviously, it has to do with being a good salesperson, right? And you you also have to have the good work too, mm-hmm. right? Um, but everything, you know, everything takes repetition and practice. And as you continue putting yourself out there, speaking with different people, having feedback from those people, and hearing yourself speak you start to get better and better and better and you know you're saying things in different ways and you know um getting more comfortable just again selling yourself and your work and if you start to build a confidence with it so it's it's just going to take practice right and repetition and i'm not gonna lie 2020 with with covid and you know having to do a lot of zoom meetings that actually did help a lot with my confidence (laughs) Um, cause prior to that, you, you know, you'd have to go in for coffee and, you know, or into the office and which is great. Like it, and I actually prefer that now that I've gotten the confidence from the zoom meetings and just like starting somewhere. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just repetition, you know, just putting yourself out there continuously in this position that you are fearful of <laughs> and eventually someday you won't be. Yeah. Right. It's like, um, we're always going to have fear, but we have to do right. it anyway. Right. You know, um, and that's a, that's a lesson that I'm I'm doing my best to instill in my son and whatever it is that he's pursuing, you know, um, is to, it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to have, a, have some fear, but you know, you want, you need to keep going. You know, um, I just, I just heard this quote and it's like motivational, uh, YouTube video. I watch a bunch of those things all the time. And it was like, uh, if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, don't stop moving. Right. Keep moving. Keep yeah. moving. And sometimes your your movement might be a little slower today than yesterday, right? But or or that fear might have you slowing down. Some, but you know, as long as you just continue to take those steps, those baby steps, you're gonna start. You're gonna start get, building up that courage to take the bigger right. steps. You know. Exactly. Yeah, baby steps always helps. And then, you know, as soon as you know it, you're taking bigger and bigger steps. You don't even realize. Didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Right? So you started doing this outreach. You started building up the courage to, to do this outreach and getting better at it. Uh, tell us about your first big break. Big break? That's, <laughs> I think that's a bit subjective, no? Because <laughs> okay. I feel like I haven't had my big yeah, okay. break. Okay. All right. Great point. Great point. So maybe not your first big break, but tell us about that the, uh, a very memorable opportunity that was presented to you that that made you feel like, wow, like, like yeah. a, as a photographer, what was that call, that email response as a photographer, one of the earlier ones that made you say like, okay, I, yeah. that's dope, let's go, let's work. Yeah. Yes, okay, Oof, I remember this day. Um, <laughs> So one of my sorority sisters actually, uh, you know, worked at Complex, Complex Media. And it was, I got, we started to do a, 
it was a branded content job with a music artist named IBJ. And, you know, I found out that one of my sorority sisters put my name into the, you know, the hat to, to photograph this job. And I was like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. Like, oh. I I knew that, you know, an opportunity was going to come someday because I'm like, all right, I, I'm producing, you know, the work that aligns with these these brands and these companies. Like, it's got to come someday. And, you know, my sorority sister, Jen, she, you know, just saw my work that I was sending to her. I would always, you know, put my work again, just, hey, check this out real quick. Look at this shoot I just worked on, you know. And when I got this branded content job, I, you know, I'll admit, I was like a bit nervous, yes, just because I wanted to do a really, really good job. Like, I just wanted to do a good job. That's, you know, any job I work on that's new, any new client. I want to do an amazing job. Um, and, you know, I got my my team together, my my photo assistant, and it was a pretty low-key job at the time compared to now. Um, it was it was still a full-day shoot. But, um, you know, we shot on location in this really nice uh, pier space um, in Manhattan. And IBJ, the music artist, was just, you know, she was super just chill and easygoing we had her music playing and you know the the shoot was very smooth and just the whole team from complex that i worked with at the time was just again very just chill and made things comfortable for me and from that day on moving forward like i you know was lucky enough to work with that same team um again on you know other projects and i would always speak on to this day just how family, you know, like and welcoming that group was and how they, you know, really just believed in my craft. And I'm like always giving, you know, credit and kudos back to them, you know, because I really do appreciate that. That's great. When your work speaks for itself and you actually get people referring you without you even knowing, like that means that your work, especially when is you know this is your your sorority your sorority sister works there right so if she's recommending you you know that means that she's putting her name on the line in a sense to bat for you right it's not like it's a it's not a uh, um it's not like it's just a random person you know like they're batting for you so that means that your work has reached the level whether you know it or not or you believe it or not that People are like, yeah, that's professional level work that can work at my company. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. So that's really dope um, when it gets to that point. Um, so, you know, when I, looking at your work, you know, it's a combination of fashion, sports, portrait, commercial. It seems like you cover a lot of ground and, and still make it look like yours, like from one shoot to the next, right? So mm-hmm. what would you say was some of the most important factors in you developing your style yeah so i you know again i still feel like i'm working on my style actually i you know i i do get you know every now and then like you know somebody could see an image and be like oh that's sage's work i'm like oh wow you actually really did catch that (laughs) um and it's always surprising like i feel like my style is you know again just still being worked on and it's again probably going to be looking different you know a year from now uh, six six months from now, but one thing about you know 
my style now is that it is pretty rich in color, you know, uh, warm tones. You know, there's a certain certain angles that I go to all the time. <laughs> I love my lower angles. Um, and, you know, recently, like, I try to expand, you know, just try different types of angles, obviously, for different perspectives and stuff like that. But there's also a certain type of energy that I ask for and try to bring out of my talent that I work with as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I can speak on, you know, in terms of like the, the look and feel, the visual, it, it is, I'll, I'll say it's more warm and, you know, deep in shadows and just more feeling, you know, like it, in the beginning also, like I, I had this saying where, you know, I don't <laughs> shoot what it looks like. I shoot what it feels like, you know? Mm-hmm. And I try to come more emotionally correct to my work rather than the technicals. You know, I got my I got my team for that now. I can take a step back and just really focus on um, my vision and my creative in all aspects of it. So that's the attitude from the from the model. Uh, that's the styling, uh, that's the location, just having say on that type of stuff whenever I can. Granted, that's not always the case. Uh, the lighting, obviously, was directing my team for um, putting together a, a really beautiful visual story. And, you know, lighting is like the most important thing in photography. So mm-hmm. um, that's key, right? And then what else? A set design, you know, again, whenever possible, whenever I can speak on these things, I try to be involved to just ultimately see how we can come back to the original story. Um, so, yeah, you know, my work now is just more emotional, more warm, more moody, and yeah. What's up, family? If you're enjoying this episode, do us a solid by leaving us a five-star rating or reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. We appreciate the support. So on that note, we're going to get back into the show. Peace. It's it's interesting to hear you mention uh, set design, right? And that is a... With portrait photography, fashion photography, advertising, commercial, right? Like, that is one of those hidden parts of the craft, hidden parts of the um, the image that I don't think people always pay attention to or notice, but is very, very instrumental in getting the type of images that you want. Right. Like, what at what stage did you did did you begin working with? set designers, whether you design the set or you, you, you hired somebody as part of your team to design the set? Yes. I mean, it was on my personal projects. I had this, you know, this certain type of vision in mind, um, you know, and I would shoot on location in like a nice Airbnb space, but the props and furniture that was there already just wasn't enough to really execute what I was, you know, envisioning. Mm-hmm. And so I would, use my resources, you know, ask around and see if there was any prop stylists, uh, set designers, and um, just try to hop in a call with them, show them what I'm looking uh, to do, and just letting them kind of, you know, 
put together uh, a board or maybe even sometimes freestyle it and bringing any objects that they think would go great. And that's how it first started, right? And then, you know, luckily as I started doing more commercial work, you know, the clients started hiring the set designers. And, you know, again, I would always tell the client I'd love to, you know, just be involved in the art department side of things. Um, and just seeing how we can, again, come back to that original story the best way uh, possible. I, I just really think it's interesting how you... You started in like 2018, just taking pictures of your brother, and then the 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 speed and pace at which at which you started developing your style and working with set design and things like that is really right. interesting. It's like it feels like th- was this like creative part of you like just laying dormant in your psyche for all these years, and then you found something, and then it's just like a, a volcano erupted, like a click. Yeah, that's that's um, amazing. Well, well, for one, I, I just want to um, correct because, you know, I, again, I was shooting, I first picked up the camera, I'd say like nine years ago now, though, Ah, okay. You know, with my brother. That was like nine years ago. And then in the industry for wait, 2018, we're in 2022. So, yeah, four years. Okay. So, so that's kind of the timeline. So, so it's, been in, it's been incubating for about nine years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the Yes, exactly. And, you know, I don't know if you believe in zodiac signs and stuff like that, but I'm a Gemini. Uh, I'm hearing that, you know, a lot of Geminis do have a creative side to them. <laughs> and, you know, we tend to also just be all over the place, having these thoughts kind of free flowing. And, you know, we have to get out somehow. <laughs> For me, that happened to be photography. Great. That's great. So, yeah. I know you started doing some research on the different uh, avenues of photography. And um, it's, it seems like you landed on commercial slash advertising portraits in that realm. Uh, does it sound about correct? Yes. Yes. All right. So in your research, what what drew you to photographing people? Yeah. So, again, it was it was kind of embedded in into me just because I got used to that, you know, with my brother. But. That's, you know, it's how I started off. So I got really comfortable with photographing people, beautiful people, um, all kinds of people, all shapes and sizes. And, you know, what I really just kind of admired about each person I photographed was, again, just everybody was different. Everybody had a different sense of energy and different personalities that they would exude. You can feel it through an image. And that's kind of why I continue photographing people because you know you meet people photograph people um all the time who are different and they have a different sense of energy and just um beauty to them that is unique to just them and you know they have their own go-to angles they have their own um smile and eyes and you know body body and you know that's that's kind of what has kept me to continue photographing people and, you know, people portraits and all that stuff. Nice. So you built up, you built up some um, experience photographing, uh, you know, your brother and then some like, uh, you know, and learning how to bring out this natural beauty in people. And then, you know, 
you have some celebrity work in your book. Oh, yes. So yes. how do you approach photographing celebrities? Yeah, that's a great question. So, oh, okay. So with photographing people beforehand, well, you know, just in general, um, I got used to the directing side of things with, you know, trying to get them in certain poses and, you know, bringing out different angles of them. Um, and so I got really good at directing, you know, just to getting what we want, bringing out a different performance from them each time. But when it comes to celebrities, you know, they have, they know the angles, they know what to do already. <laughs> a lot of them, a lot of them do most of the time, you know? So with certain celebrities that I work with, I knew that I had to kind of tread lightly with not directing too much um, and not kind of coming off too disrespectful or whatever, or I don't know, whatever the case may be. And maybe I could just be, you know, putting this all in my head. But I try to let the talent do their thing first and then suggest things afterwards, right? Um, like it, it starts to get too kind of slow or whatever, or, you know, it's the same energy that I'll be like, okay, why don't we do this? Why don't we try this out? Um, and even before we start shooting, I'll give them like a message, a direction to, to think of as they are shooting, right? So I think they knock out those poses and that energy first. And then again, if it dies out, I'll suggest new ones to them and kind of keep that flow going. And then they start to feel it and really understand the ask. And yeah, so that's, that's pretty much how I, that's my, uh, game plan for each person that I work with, even if it's not talent, any like, I'm sorry, celebrities anymore, mm -hmm. just regular people, models, whatever the case may be, letting, letting them be themselves first. Um, after I already disclosed of what I'm looking for. And then if they end up kind of, you know, needing a little bit more help, I'll, you know, provide that to them. All right. So I remember a few years ago, I listened to uh, the director of photography at Washington Post, uh, and she was talking about this photo shoot with Donald Trump when he was still in office, and how it it took like eight nine hours for them to set up, I think two or three looks, and yeah. when, when he arrived, right, uh, I think they only had about five to seven minutes. Oh yeah. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and basically they had to have a, uh, they had to have, uh, somebody who was approximately his, his, uh, height and complexion be the stand in so that they can adjust the lights for him. They had the, 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 the floor marked where he needed to stand. The cameras were all set. And basically he walked in in five to seven minutes. They got boom, boom, boom. See, uh, set one boom 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 set two boom 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 set three thank you president and out and i <laughs> and i realized you know uh we had a conversation about that it was like some celebrity photographers get those gigs because they understand how to work under pressure how to get the photo with very limited amount of time because when you're photographing celebrities they might be on the way from you know, once a uh, movie set to another set to Oprah to to France, right? Right. And Thank you're you just, yeah, you're just a transition point. 
You know yeah. what I mean? So how do you how do you handle the pressure of working with some folks who have very limited amount of time and and you have to knock out the photo as quickly as possible? Right, right. So when it comes to those, uh, usually, again, it's all about the prep, right? Um, if I have any time to just say hi <laughs> and what it takes like 10 seconds to say, okay, we're going to go for something more chill or whatever the case may be, right? Just do this pose, blah, 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 right? Um, if I can just have 10 or 15 seconds just to talk to them. And sometimes that's even limited too, right? Um, but the prep is what's important to knock that out quickly for, you know, them, the celebrity or, you know, um, the, the clients, you know, they might need to limit the time in general just for the client, the brand. Um, and I've had to get very, very <laughs> efficient with what I am looking for and what the client is looking for before I even, you know, pick up that camera to start shooting the talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, obviously this comes with, you know, being in that situation numerous times so that you know the angles and the shots that look good automatically, right? You just go to that, knock it out, get the safeties. And then if you have a little bit more time, you can, all right, have them start bringing out those other poses or things that they had in mind, right? There's been times where I had 60 seconds, you know, or maybe, yeah, when I had like a minute to, to shoot actually Sweetie. <laughs> There's a Sweetie shot on my portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had 60 seconds just to get that shot. And she knew, you know, Sweetie, she knows her angles. She knew that, she, that the beach product was right there. Um, and her hair looked beautiful. The lighting was great. And we just got that, that shot very quickly. Boom, done. And then there's times where, you know, I might have like a little bit more, like five minutes or so. Um, <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. And then times where I have longer, of course, you know, when we're doing multiple looks, you know, for editorial, um, like Royal Roach, for example. Um, but yeah, it's just, you have to get very efficient um, with those uh, situations. And again, knowing the shots that you want ahead of time. So that you can bring it out quickly during the set. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, preparation is is key, right? Right. Um, and also, it sounds like you you have a strong team that can like adapt as well. Right. Right. So yeah, prep um, within the lighting setup too. That I mean, that does take time. Usually, my time are if they say I have sixty seconds. You know, obviously that doesn't mean including my prep time for lights too, right? For sure. It's, um, so usually, you know, we have maybe like 30 or an hour, um, or even longer, whatever, uh, to set up our equipment. Yeah. That helps. I mean, so is the re- research, the, the research and development before you even get to set, before you even speak to your team, you speak to your team, this is what we're going for. Then you have some prep time lead, you know, before the talent gets to the set so that when they're walking on, they're just doing minor adjustments. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I wanted to like lay that out for folks who are interested in doing photography similarly to what you do, just so that they understand like it's not just show up and click the button. Like there's right. different levels of prep work depending on how much time you have with the person and what the budget is and all of these different parameters. You know what I mean? Right, 
you should not be testing when the talent is there. For sure. You should <laughs> just be yep. dialed in beforehand. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So um just a few more questions. I know that um we you know, I'm gonna be respectful of your time. Um oh, yeah. But you know, um, just looking at your work, you have uh, repeated work with Nike and Adidas and you know uh, Jordan brand, right? Um, talk about the importance of establishing relationships with these clients so that you get called back for more opportunities. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the first out of those three, it was with Adidas and Adidas at the time. You know, they, I guess they saw, you know which stage I was at in the beginning and, you know, they wanted to give me an opportunity. Um, and so a lot of those beginning groups that I did with them was, um, I guess on a smaller scale of production. So when I first got my first job with Adidas and even with Nike and Jordan, you know, I made sure that I went above and beyond what their ask was on their brief. Um, and just, Trying to be also flexible with them as well. I realize that that actually helps a lot, you know, when you're trying to uh, uh, build a relationship with a company. A lot of companies, you know, need people who are flexible because of these crazy deadlines and, you know, they got to have things done ASAP. So being flexible was great, um, a great way to, you know, at least in my head, keep a relationship, you know, or company coming back. Um and then, of course, just doing a great job, um, giving them more than what they're asking for on their brief. And let me see what else. Just also just being easygoing and just social and not uptight on sh on, the, on the shoot. And, you know, sometimes not even just talking about work all the time when, you know, when the client is there, just like just being a regular person that, you know, everybody is doing, you know, is working and just trying to have fun. But like, you know, there's a whole other side to it that makes somebody who they are, you know? Um, but just having that kind of personal connection, putting yourself out there, if you, you know, don't mind being vulnerable for a little bit or whatever, um, being flexible and then just giving more than what they're asking for, right? Um, and that's kind of my... I guess, game plan when I'm first working with a client. And then also just, I don't stop that, right? Because you want them to continue coming back. So I, I still keep that going and try to get better and better and better each time that I work with them. Mm. I, I like that approach as far as uh, not always talking about work, not always talking about, you know, photography or marketing or anything like relate to people as just another human being, right? Because we all have right. things that we do outside of work, hopefully, we have things outside of work, right? Um, that help us round help round us out. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, um, I think in with the type of work you do, uh, you know, doing work for Nike and and Adidas, um, these are like, you know, sports brands could be they could skew heavily masculine in some ways. Um, can you describe the vibe when when you a black woman shows up on set? Okay, sorry. Yeah, I had to make that sound because it's it's a certain type of energy and like I don't know. I just feel like so good. Like it's just like we just feed off of one another. And we get it, you know. Um, and it's almost like I want to just 
do this for you even more like just make you even like more beautiful than you already are just kill it you know on all mm-hmm. levels because we're both here at this at this um stage um you know after all the hard work we we did to get here um so we we get it you know and when i think back to my shoe recently with with uh sierra like that was like very much what i felt and after this shoot i was like i had to give myself like a whole talk like i just worked with sierra and i knew like i had to be humble you know like because anybody could have got that opportunity right um but Sierra is very just genuine and sweet and just she walks into a room and she just owns it with her her voice <laughs> her, her beauty um her confidence and you know a lot of people respect that and i just adore that and respect that from her too um but yeah that's that's one thing just like i i feel like a sense of empowerment just a crazy admirable feeling you know and just happy to be here you know whenever i see another black woman on set with me Mm. that's great you know coming out of covid and you know you recently announced that you're like bi-coastal you know homes in in new york home in la uh talk about how you see the next year um unfolding for you in your in your work yeah i mean so i hope you know um that as you know since i took this you know i guess leap of faith (laughs) um into moving out to you know la as well um i just want to continue you know tapping into that market meeting new people um working with different uh creatives and um and whoever the case may be um, and just elevating my and other people's works um, just on a whole nother level I do want to also continue putting other you know young black creators out there um, onto you know any tips and tricks and stages where I'm at Um, so that's why this year I kind of made it like a thing where I want to be more, you know, in front of the camera and, you know, do things like this, you know, speak on a podcast with, with you. Um, this is, you know, again, just a great opportunity to be a part of. Um, and I really just want to be able to give back, you know, and use my voice. And I am not holding anything to myself. I will give all the keys and tips and tricks to anybody that asks, you know, I am not selfish. I don't have any reason to be. And I know just how difficult it is to make a name and a pathway for yourself. So that's what I'm going to continue doing um, moving forward in the next year, you know, here in New York and then out here, um, out there in L.A. Um, I mean, all over. There's, there's, there's no limitations with that. This is Sage East and you are tuned in to the Black Shutter Podcast. I want to give a big shout out to everyone who tuned into this episode. Thank you for listening. The Black Shutter Podcast is hosted by me, Idris Talib Solomon. To subscribe to the Black Shutter Podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. When you get there, show us some love by dropping a five-star rating or leaving a review. This will help with our rankings, which essentially helps more black photographers get exposure. Make sure to check us out online at blackshutterpodcast.com to read the show notes, learn more about our guests, and check out some of their work. I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
Peace. Until next time.